You're listening to Breaking the Silence, a podcast by Reach 10, where we are breaking the shame, silence, and fear that often surrounds sexuality, unwanted pornography use, and betrayal trauma, and helping you embrace your God-given sexuality with courage, compassion, and connection. I'm your host, Chriselle Simons. Welcome back, listeners. Today, we are breaking the silence and kicking off our Ask a Therapist series with Rachel Denton. She is so awesome. We are so lucky to have her. She grew up in Portland and came to Utah for school. She graduated from the University of Utah with her master's degree in social work. Rachel worked with different agencies that specialize in pornography and addiction issues, including Fight the New Drug, until she had her adorable baby girl. She's the cutest and decided to focus on her private practice. She's on the board for Reach 10, the nonprofit that makes this podcast possible. And today we're breaking the silence and answering the question, what are some examples of good boundaries and consequences if those boundaries are broken? So Rachel, go ahead and say hi to our listeners. And then let's just get started talking about boundaries. Yeah, well, I mean, this is a really important topic that I think that we use a lot, but we don't really know what it means. And so I'm glad that we're taking some time to break down a little bit of what boundaries are and what they may look like in a relationship and how to use them in a way that's helpful and not harmful to relationship. Um, Yeah, so, you know, at the beginning, you asked for to start with what, what are boundaries? Like, what is a boundary just in general? And I think a lot of times we, as in our, uh, as our culture talks about boundaries in a way that more feels like consequences, like my bound, like an example might be my boundary for you is if you get angry with me, then I'm going to shut, like shut you out or shut down, or I'm going to, or you, you're not welcome here or whatever it may look like when it's used in a way that is meant to manipulate or to yeah, essentially create a consequence or punishment, then that's not really going to lead to a healthy, thriving relationship. Yeah, that kind of sounds like more of a parent-child relationship as opposed yeah. to like partners. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think that that's actually an interesting point because I think that as parents, like parents give boundaries oftentimes poorly as well, because it's usually coming out of a place of either fear or anxiety from the parent themselves of like, Oh no, if I don't do this, my child's going to end up being a bad kid or not going to excel the way what I, you know, I would like them to, or whatever it may be. And so when boundaries are given in out of a place of anxiety that tends to lead to, or anxiety or fear that tends to lead to more, like I said, more manipulation type of boundary or manipulative type of boundary, or just trying to coerce someone into doing a behavior when in reality, like we can't control other people. And so I think an important way to look at what a boundary is, is more of one, what is it that what is it that's really going on here for me? I think that we often struggle to look at what's my stuff and what's my, either my partner stuff or my child stuff that I'm trying to set this boundary with. And how can I clearly tease those apart so I can see easier where a boundary needs to be laid? 
I think that this is so beautiful because yes, I would say that most often as a whole, as a society, as a culture, we think of boundaries of just being like, here's the consequence that happens if you choose to act this way. And that's Mm -hmm. the boundary. And what you're describing, I think is so much different than what is typically accepted or thought of as boundaries. And, and I also love that you talked about, and I, I think we'll get into this a little bit more of, of the motive behind the boundary that you're setting being incredibly important because if it is coming from a place of fear or anxiety, then it will, it probably won't ever lead to the outcome that you actually want in your relationship. Whereas if it can be motivated in a place of, I, I would guess like equal partnership or creating safety in a relationship or creating cohesiveness or mm-hmm. like I'm trying to think of the right yeah. word Th- then it can it can lead to probably the outcomes that you're actually looking for mm-hmm. would you is, is that is that right am I am I understanding what you're describing yeah absolutely I mean because in the end boundaries are meant to bring two people closer together oh. and, and like like a well done boundary that's that's what hopefully the outcome will be. But a lot of times when we give an outcome out of fear or more of like a reactive uh, reactive boundary, then that's going to be incredibly disconnecting for both the person giving the boundary and the person receiving it. And so I think, I think we need to say that again for the people in the back. I'd say it louder and shout it off the rooftops. That's so profound what you just said. When done correctly, boundaries create more connection and bring absolutely. people closer together. Absolutely. Profound and yeah. beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's it's interesting because this is where we start to get a little bit more into the complexities of what does what does a boundary look like then? Because it's not like I think a lot of people feel like I would love it if I had a script of this is a boundary I can read to my partner when they're doing something I don't like or to my child. But in the end it's it's less about what's said and more about has this been I think, I think in two parts, one is, is this coming from a place that is regulated in me? And have I also taken the time to look at what is my, like, what is my role to play in the situation that we're in? And what can I personally be accountable for? Now, I know this gets a little bit tricky when we're specifically talking about something like pornography, because a lot of times, especially the person who is in a relationship with someone struggling with pornography, that person often can feel like, well, I have no part in this. And that's probably true, at least in their decision to, to look at pornography or to go down that path. But there are areas I think it's important for that partner to take a look at themselves of how am I playing into this dynamic? Is there any way that I need to kind of mature a little bit around that, you know, with, with my, with the way I react to this or, Mm -hmm. So once, once that, so we can get more into what that may look like in just a minute, but back to what I was saying before is once that becomes very clear, then I think the boundary also becomes very clear mm-hmm. where it's coming from a place of, I'm saying this because I respect myself and I respect you. And so I, I, it's important that we have this discussion so that we both know how to be in a relationship with each other. Yeah, that's, that's really, really beautiful. And I think it requires quite a bit of maturity Mm -hmm. and, 
and self-reflection in order to even be able to approach the conversation. Right. And and that's why I think maybe a script doesn't actually work. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that accurate? I'd say so, yeah. Because like, yeah, I can just say the words, but if I haven't done the self-reflection and the time to really to figure it out what it is that I need to be doing in the relationship and what it is that I need to take ownership of, then no, no script is actually ever going to be effective. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and so that's why, you know, this question is a little bit tricky where it's asking for what examples might sound like, I think, because I think it, like I was saying before, it kind of just depends. So let's take, I don't know if you want to like dive a little bit more in, in depth. Yeah. With let's dive in. Like, look like, because I think I think the person asking this question is coming from a place where we all have probably been at some point in a relationship right. of like, right. what does this even look like? <laughs> right. right. How do I navigate this moving forward? Or Absolutely. I've been burned in the past and I want to do this different, right? I, and, right? and we don't know the full context of this question, but I think I think it would be really helpful maybe to just, and we can kind of make up a scenario maybe of what this mm-hmm. might look like in a makeup make-believe relationship. Okay. Yeah. So let's say that there's, there's a couple that is newly married or, or let's say in a serious relationship, let's say a serious relationship. And one person, you know, has been upfront about struggling with pornography. Let's just use the stereotypical terms here. Let's say that, that the, the man is saying like, Hey, I've struggled with this since I was a kid. And then the woman in the relationship she feels doesn't love it, but that there's been like that there's been dialogue in the past about, okay, I know that you struggle with this. Where do we stand as a couple on this? I think a lot of times there's an assumption that both people think that pornography is not good and should never be consumed. And so when one person breaks this very unspoken contract, then it can get a little bit trickier. So I think it's important for any brand new couple where pornography is brought up of, of just to say like, well, what, like, what do we want this top? Like, what do we want relationship, our relationship to be with pornography? So is it something that I know that you struggle? Is it something that I'm okay if it happens once a month, once a year? Do I, do we believe together that this is something that should never happen? I I guess I'm trying to say is it's making a decision as a couple. This is what we value in our relationship. Oh, I think this is so beautiful. Yeah. So needed. (laughs) Yeah. Because otherwise it's, it's like this weird unspoken, what's the right word? Like this weird unspoken contract that both of you have made, but maybe both of you haven't understood what the other person believes or what that is going to look like. So totally. And I would even say that it would be important to define what you view as pornography. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. For both people, for both parties, like what you're okay with. Like, what do you view as being a a breach of your trust in your relationship in regards to pornography use? Right. Yeah. And, and I think, and I think with this, with this conversation, what is the second half most important part of this is for the person that is struggling with pornography to be very honest about realistically what this is going to look like in the relationship. So this is different than saying like, well, I struggle and sorry, this is going to be, this is just going to be here. It's more of a, like, I'm trying, you know, I, I've, I've been working 
with perhaps a therapist or I, this is something that I have been talking to my bishop about or whatever, whatever it is. But despite all of this, I tend to slip up about once a month. And so I'm going to, I really don't want this to be part of a relationship. It's important to me that I continue to work on this, but I need to be honest that realistically it's going to be a part of our relationship just because historically, like that's what history has shown us because then having, so having a really upfront conversation like that allows her to then decide, okay, well, can I live with that? You know, I'm aware he's working on this. I'm aware he's wanting to change and working towards change. But where he's at right now, this may happen once a month or once every other month. And can I handle that? So I think why this is crucial is because a lot of times where this betrayal idea comes in is when it feels like I didn't get a choice. I didn't get to make a choice in this. I didn't like it. There was no true honesty. I didn't get to. Yeah, I didn't get to choose. But if this conversation has happened, then she can say, I don't like this, but I knew, like, I, but I still made this choice. Yeah. And I mean, there, and with that, there's always a choice to leave. If like, if it, if it's not getting any better or if things continue to get worse or, wh- or whatever that may look like, I'm not saying because you chose once you have to continue to choose for this relationship, but it is important. To, I think that gives a sense of agency that then takes out some of that betrayal piece to it because there was agency. Totally. And I think the honesty is very freeing probably, probably for both people, not just the woman choosing into the relationship and being able to be like, Oh, this is, and again, we're using the stereotypical, right. What this has historically usually been, but it could be either party, but what the woman choosing in, but also the man being honest with like, Mm -hmm. this has been the pattern. And I, maybe the last like three months has been kind of like this beautiful, period where we've been dating and I haven't been struggling with as much, but honestly, I, it might happen again. Mm -hmm. And how are we going to move moving forward? Yeah. Well, and that's great because then it leads to the next part of the conversation where she can then have some time to figure out, is this something that I choose, but then also, okay, understanding this, what is it that like, how do I want to show up? in a relationship with someone that struggles with pornography, you know, is it that I'm going to say, okay, well, for every time that you do, this is going to be the consequence that may not be the best relationship for them to be in. And, And this is, this is again, where it gets a little bit tricky is because again, I'm not saying that it's just like a free pass. Well, this is something he struggles with and like, oh, well, I guess I have to just deal with it. That's not what I'm saying. What, what, what I am saying though, is when we're setting boundaries to be consequences, like, okay, every time you do this, then I'm going to, then like, I, then I, like, it, like, let's say she says, if you do this three times, then I'm out of this relationship. That's more of a consequence rather than boundary, because my guess is that comes more from a place of anxiety rather than a, like a, a peaceful place, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so what I hear you saying is that the boundary needs to be less about what's going to happen to the other person and maybe more about what you need in order to continue to regulate yourself and your emotions Mm -hmm. in the relationship moving forward. Is that? Yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. Because I, I mean, I'm just imagining in this 
like how I would feel, right? First of mm-hmm. all, that would probably trigger all of the feelings of 12-year-old me who walked in on my dad <laughs> relapsing yeah. pornography and yeah. just like, oh my gosh, my mm-hmm. world has ended. So I'm sure it would trigger so much fear and pain, even just having this conversation. And I would have to just own that. Like I'd have to be like, okay, I need you to know that I'm like freaking out right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm trying not to run, but I want to run. And I, I, I'm just using myself as an example because that's who I know best. (laughs) I just know that often in these conversations, but also moving forward when your boundaries are maybe tested or when there comes that conflict in maybe your agreements in your relationship, Mm -hmm. you're going to have things triggered that happened then, but also Mm -hmm. stuff like that's happened in your past, right? Absolutely. Whether that's something you observed in someone else's life or something that literally happened in your life, right? And so I think... And, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think when it comes to to setting a boundary, for me and what I've seen to be more effective is to be like, okay, if this happens, if, if you breach our agreement of no pornography in our relationship, if that's your agreement, then I'm going to need some space to process my feelings and what that space looks like is I'm going to need like 24 hours and maybe a trip to the temple. And right. And like uh, some chocolate. I don't know. Right. Before we can even have another conversation about it. But- yeah. Because I think along with this, with this initial conversation where, you know, he's being honest about where he's at with his struggle with pornography. It's now her turn to be honest with herself, but also with him. So really it's saying, okay, I'm understanding that there, it's likely that this is going to show up in my relationship. Like if that's monthly, yearly, or or whatever it is, it's likely this is going to show up. Am I at a place right now where I feel like I could, like, I can regulate around that? Because if the answer to that is no, and this is so triggering to me that I completely lose myself, and I start to behave in a way that I do not respect, then I may not be ready for a relationship with somebody who struggles with pornography. Oh, wow. And, How beautiful and, to have that kind of honest question to yourself. Yeah. And and really in the end, actually, it's not about him. It's about it's about her. It's about her saying, I'm not ready. Like I I hope to have a goal to to work around this so that I can be regulated enough that a future partner could tell me that they're struggling and or I have tools in my back pocket of helping me regulate when I'm dysregulated, that I feel confident that I'm not going to just like completely lose it when when a disclosure happens. I think that's the absolute kindest thing that a couple could do for each other. Hey listener, if you missed the previous episode with Chandler Rogers, you definitely need to go back and listen to it. In the episode, Chandler shares how he finally found the courage to break free of the isolation that kept him trapped in his pornography habit. With the help of his accountability group, he was able to make lasting change. He then created Relay, a group recovery program to help you quit porn by making it easier to have effective accountability, self-care tools, and meaningful connection with your support group anytime you need it right on your phone. Definitely go and listen to my episode with Chandler or use the link in the show notes to try Relay out for yourself so you don't have to go at this alone anymore. If someone's saying I have struggled or I'm struggling with pornography and then 
saying, okay, but we together as a couple decide that there's going to be no pornography in this relationship. I think that we're setting ourselves up a little bit for failure just because that's history has shown us that's probably not what's going to happen. And by that, I just mean like he could say, yeah, I've been in lots of relationships with other women who've also told me that they don't want me to struggle with this. And I still do. And so it's likely I'm going to hear. So history is showing me that I am likely still going to struggle in this relationship with pornography. Again, it's getting better. I'm working on it. Um, then, then it's having some level of, okay. So if I, as the woman hear this, that this is likely going to be here. And I feel like I, like I feel somewhat confident that I can regulate myself then what is that going to look like? Again, and then this is where the boundaries come in. The boundaries come in way before the pornography happens. And it needs to come in at a time that is not already dysregulated. So if he comes in and says, hey, I had to slip up, and then she sets boundaries, again, that is going to be coming from a, an anxious place and probably quite disconnecting for both people. So that's why when there are these calm conversations that are happening and this is where boundaries are being set. So this might be something like, okay, when this happens, we together as a couple would like this to not be part of our relationship. However, if it does show up, then what I need and going through, this is what I'm going to need. So I'm going to need, and I like your example, like I'm going to need a little bit of time by myself to regulate. And so for me, regulation looks like maybe it's, talking to a trusted one, maybe it's journaling, maybe it's going out to go for a hike. And I'm, yeah, so I'm going, I'm going to regulate myself. A lot of times when we have this idea of like, I need space, that's more of a consequence than it is a boundary. Because mm-hmm. when we're just saying I need space, but I'm not doing anything in the meantime, mm-hmm. I'm just going to let you stew in what you did. And then you can come back to me and apologize. There's absolutely no growth for either person really in that. So right. when the boundary is set of I'm going to, I'm going to take some space because one, I can't control you. So I can't make you give me space. So I'm going to take some space and I'm going to regulate so that I can come back and we can talk about how we can do better. What I'm, you know, maybe own up to my stuff of like, wow, I, I snapped at you after you told me. And I'm really not proud of that because I don't believe anyone deserves like I just I don't respect that in myself I don't respect unkindness and so I you know I apologize for the way that I responded when you told me and that was really hard for me to hear and I'm feeling very disappointed because that was something we talked about we didn't want in our relationship so does does that make sense like yeah and and I love that you brought up the example because your emotions are valid. Like, and I yeah. think, I think it's very important that we're not trying to tell the partner who's maybe not in the struggle with pornography, that your reaction is totally valid. Like, mm-hmm. The feelings that you're going to feel totally valid. And yes, right. you're probably going to be really frustrated and hurt and discouraged yeah. and disappointed and right. fill in the blank when, when, and if this happens, right? And, mm-hmm. and I think that's true of any disagreement or any breach of any agreement in a relationship, right? Right. But especially this one, because it is so charged and often mm-hmm. connected to like our core and our hearts and our love and our insecurities, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I love that you brought up that you can, you can own like, hey, I reacted in a way I didn't like, and I feel really hurt. Mm-hmm. and sad and 
disappointed and how can we together move to moving better? I think that that is such a beneficial thing because you owned where you are, you owned what maybe you want to change, but then you're working together for a better future. Absolutely. Well, and, and with that, I think that there's, there is a lot of power in the ownership of being like, even to take a step further, if I'm, if I'm her of saying like, I don't like the way I snapped at you. I, I think I did that because this really taps at a very vulnerable part of me, mm-hmm. a part that is afraid I'm not good enough for this relationship or a part of me that is worried you don't find me desirable or is worried, you know, whatever it may be. And so this is a particularly touchy, touchy subject for me. And so I, that's my stuff that, that's, that exists way before I met you, but that's my stuff. And your choices have an impact on our relationship. So I think there's just a lot of power in owning both, both people owning, you know, cause then he can come in and say like, absolutely. You know, I, I don't really like that you did snap. I understand that you did, but I felt like it was particularly unkind to something that I felt was very vulnerable to share. And so I, you know, in the future, I would, I would appreciate it if it wasn't responded with such unkindness and I, I get it. Like the, my, my, my struggle with this predates you and, and like, you know, him explaining more about where that comes from, from him, or I feel like I'm immature in my development sexually with my sexuality. And that's what draws me to pornography. I need to grow up around this. Right. So like that type of ownership on both parts is going to be tremendously connecting for the relationship. Yeah, I I mean, even as you're just describing this relationship or this conversation, I'm like, wow, like I can just picture the couple embracing even as they're like seeing these, these vulnerable, sensitive, honest parts of each other and how Mm -hmm. at the end of the conversation, they they probably won't have a perfect solution. (laughs) In fact, Mm -hmm. that was one of my thoughts probably you're not going to walk away feeling like it's fixed, (laughs) but I think you will walk away. If you can get to this honesty, you're going to walk away from the conversation hand in hand, likely. And and maybe not literally hand in hand, but, but feeling so much more connected than you would be if it was just like, Oh, well, here's your consequence. We are taking a break for like three weeks or whatever, you know? Right. Right. So Go ahead. Well, and I was going to say, I mean, that may be like the example you just gave may be a boundary that needs to be set of like, who like we're really breaching trust here. You know, like it's like an example like that. Maybe like, maybe you have this agreement that he will then come share with her when he has looked at pornography. And let's say that she finds out he hasn't been for her to say like, one, I do not like, I respect myself enough to not be in a relationship where someone is going to treat me this way. So I need some space to think about this. Like, I think that's very fair and very valid. Again, it's not a punishment, but it, but it's just saying like, is it's taking that time to be very active about what is it that I need? Also like, what is it that I need to grow? Maybe it's maybe my growth here is to have a level of respect for myself to say like, I, I just, I will not tolerate dishonesty and, and, and that has been breached. 
And so therefore, you know, or whatever it looks like. So again, it's not about like, what is the boundary or what is not the boundary going back to the beginning? It is. Why is that being said? What's happening while the boundary is in action? Interesting. I feel like the more and more we talk about boundaries, it's really coming to an agreement of what are the values that that you as an individual value in, in relationship with other, like your relational values also as a couple. And if Mm -hmm. those are being breached and those aren't being honored, then you're going to know what to do in order to move forward. Right. Right. As you were talking about this, I, I just had this like flashback to a younger me (laughs) who was in a relationship Mm -hmm. with a guy who, who was struggling. And I, I remember being devastated that our relationship was ending because I was like, man, of anyone, like I should be the one who could handle this. But really I was like, you know what? I can't, (laughs) I can't handle where he's at right now. And I realized it was the most freeing thing that I could do for both of us mm-hmm. was to break up. And it was the mm-hmm. most kind thing, even though it didn't feel kind. And it was like a part of me didn't want to. Right. Because I was like, no, like we can. I was like, no, like, honestly, I can't handle it. And I don't think he can handle it either currently. Yeah. And and that relationship ended and it was hard. But I'm mm-hmm. so grateful. I'm so grateful that I was honest with myself. Mm-hmm. And. And because it, I mean, I think it saved both of us a lot of pain moving forward. And it's interesting because had had we had this conversation, like had I like talked to you about this, I probably wouldn't have been like, oh, that was me setting a boundary. No, I that was me just like being honest mm-hmm. and taking action on what felt right mm-hmm. and and doing what needed, what was right by like me and by him, you know? Mm. And, and I think that that was maybe like maybe an example of setting a boundary of just being like, you know what, this isn't working mm-hmm. and, and we both need something different. And again, that was in, that was in like a dating relationship. It would probably look different in a marriage relationship, right? I mean, there's a, there's a level of commitment there. So I, right. I you know, definitely, I, I think. I think what is really important for especially so, so when there's like, there's like two parts of a relationship around pornography, there's the person that's struggling and to that struggle, it really speaks to a level of extreme immaturity around relationships to themselves to probably like their own emotionality or relationship with their sexuality like honestly pornography is understandable because we don't pressure ourselves as a culture to grow up Hmm. sexually or to to really mature into our sexual development and so it makes sense that a lot of us stay stuck in a very immature relationship with it, which often shows up as pornography, especially for men. So really that's what's happening for him is right. it, it's just, he just kind of needs to grow up. But on the other end, and, and by grow up, I just mean like really to develop, you know, to develop relationships with himself and with, and with other people and, 
anyway, so on the other end, though, with a person, particularly a woman, who can get really reactive around pornography, it's it's also just important for her to do some work around this because when we're coming out of a place of gauging pornography, yeah, from a place of well, this is threatening to me, as as in the way of if he's looking at pornography, deep down, I believe it's because I'm not desirable or I'm not enough or he's choosing, like, this is at some fault of me because I'm, yeah, I'm not enough. Then she needs to grow up around that hmm. because yeah. ob- like, objectively pornography is not going, like, porno- pornography is not going to be, it, it's it's like candy. Like, it's not, like, it's not going to be adding anything to a healthy relationship or to a person but but we add such huge meanings from it especially as women where we see it as threatening to ourselves and our sense of self and our sense of worth and when we just flip around and blame it on our partner then we don't have to look at ourselves mm-hmm. then we're like put in a place of like well he he's the one that's looking at porn and that in our culture is not okay so He's the one at fault when really it's not putting pressure on her to grow around her relationship with herself. And why is it so activating? Hmm. Is there a way to have pornography be a little bit less weighted? Maybe a better word is catastrophized in a relationship. Because if she can say, hey, I know who I am, like whether or not you decide to look at pornography, that is like, I just see it as immature and I see it as that's on you. That's not a reflection of me she's going to respond a lot differently and be able to handle when he tells her he's struggling with pornography. Like she's probably not going to like it. And maybe even she say won't tolerate it because I don't like what it, you know, I don't like what it does to you or I don't like how you then show up in a relationship or whatever it looks like, but it's not coming out of a place of insecurity in me. Yeah, that is so beautiful. And I think such an interesting and profound invitation for each of us to look at where are we? What is it that's motivating our actions? And how can I, where do I need to grow up in my motivations Mm -hmm. and in my core values and in Mm -hmm. my actions? Like where, where, where is it that I need to take ownership and where is it that I need to move and change in a way Mm -hmm. that will, will actually help me connect with people as opposed mm-hmm. to shift the responsibility or escape. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And unfortunately we like pornography is actually a really rich. I hate to say this. I, I probably could say this better, but I'm just going to say it poorly, but, but pornography can be a really rich opportunity for, especially as women in a partnership to grow mm-hmm. for her to say, okay, like this is exposing a lot of very painful parts of my insecurities. Yeah. And I wish this wasn't here because I don't agree with what pornography stands for. I don't find it appealing. I think that it's causing a lot of damage in our society, but I'm going to use this opportunity to pressure myself to grow hmm. so that I can see clearly how to move forward in this relationship. Because then it's not coming from a place of anxiety. It's coming from a very clear place where I see can say, look, what, like this has nothing to do with me your struggle but i would like to be with someone who's more grown up around this Hmm. or has a has a better sense of their relationship with their sexuality with themselves and unfortunately you're just not quite there 
I remember there's one guy in particular, the things that he thought were funny were so juvenile to me, where he was showing me videos of cartoons that my brothers watched when we were 12. He just thought it was super hilarious. And so in my mind, I was like, this guy's kind of stuck in a 12 year old. He just feels really young and immature to me. And so I'm not really interested in that. I would like someone to be where I'm at and my level of maturity around, you know, X, Y, or Z. And so when it comes to sexuality and, you know, if she's really done the work to accept herself as a sexual being, does not have that anxiety around it, then she may be able to, like, I think it's very fair for her to expect or pressure her partner to get to that same space just to grow up a little bit and to mature. Well, and I'd even say that her being in that space will be an invitation for her partner to meet yeah. her in that space, yeah. right? I feel like that likes attracts, right? There's the old adage of like, make a list of who you want to be with and then become that list, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like that gets around. But I think there's a lot of truth to that. If you mm-hmm. do the work personally, and and that's what's so empowering about this conversation is that there's so much you can do no matter which side of the conversation right. on. Right. And the more work that you do on yourself, the better your relationship will be. Exactly. Exactly. Because really in the end, when you have two very people who are immature around sex and sexuality, she's very anxious about him needing to validate her that she's desirable. And he's also very anxious because he's anxious about being a sexual being. Like they're both just kind of off at the opposite end of anxiety. So when she really grows up and holds onto a sense of self around that, then she can easier see and pick out, like I'm not attracted to the, the immaturity that can come with pornography. And going back to the the story that I shared just from my own dating experience, mm-hmm. what I felt was really beautiful and I'm so grateful is that I, I realized in that relationship that it wasn't what I wanted. And mm-hmm. I felt like ultimately I wasn't breaking up with him because of pornography. I was breaking up with mm-hmm. him because pornography was a symptom of like who he was. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. you know what? This isn't going to work. Right. <laughs> and, right. And, and I hope that you figure out your life you know, mm-hmm. and I'm going to go figure out my life. And I did, and I did so much work with a therapist mm-hmm. and I did so much work just by myself and, and I became a better person. And by my next relationship, which just happened to be my husband, I was in such a better place because I had done the work. Right. And, and continued to do the work. Right. Like, right. Absolutely. It's not like, Oh, sweet. I've, I met George and we're good. Right. <laughs> no, but I think that there's so much, so much to be said about boundaries being a matter of respect, a respect for ourselves, a respect mm-hmm. for the other person. And Absolutely. it becoming very clear when we, when we get honest about how can I respect you and how can you respect me moving forward? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Is there anything else you want to share about boundaries as maybe we wrap this up? Well, I I will say that we often talk about how important boundaries are. And I think women in particular, men and women are really, really struggle to set boundaries. You know, there's this feeling of like, I don't want to like, yeah, I know it's good, but I don't want to say anything that where he doesn't like me anymore, or I don't want to hurt his feelings or her feelings. And so recognizing that the mark of healthy relationships is that there are healthy boundaries because when there are healthy boundaries in place, then to me, what I see is just 
two humans that respect each other. <laughs> and, um, it, you know, it really is somewhat of teaching someone else how to be in a relationship with you. Like these are the things that are really important to me and that I value. And I respect myself enough to ask for this. And I expect to be respected that these are honored, especially when it comes to, to core values, not, not values come out of anxiety, but true, true core values. So they're hard. I, they're very hard and they are crucial for a relationship. And so worth finding someone that you can have this mutual respect that you're talking about. It's so worth it. It's so worth doing the inner work to be able to have the respect for other people and yourself right. to be able to hold boundaries like you're describing. Yeah, exactly. So worth it. And it it does. It's hard because it requires, it requires you to be fully engaged and fully mm-hmm. present <laughs> mm-hmm. and fully responsible for your mm-hmm. actions. But I think, oh man, talk about a relationship worth having. Right. You know, as opposed to just like staying stuck and, or repeating the past, repeating Mm -hmm. the relationships that you saw that maybe you didn't like growing up and here you are recreating it because you didn't take the time to grow. Yeah. Yeah. And and I want to end with this because I think it's like a good gauge is, is, well, it can be tempting to allow behaviors to play out or play out behaviors on our own and be resentful and stay resentful because I think resentfulness can feel powerful sometimes. Hmm. But when we show up vulnerably and, and give boundaries really in the end, it's like, for me, I, I just respect myself more when I don't stay stuck in resentment, but I speak up and share what's going on for me and, if needs be, both of us are giving boundaries to each other. I just find that I respect myself more. And so I guess that's a question of, I ask myself is how I'm behaving, do I respect? <laughs> and if the answer to that is no, I'm stuck in resentment, then it's time for me to speak up. Oh, beautifully said. Beautifully said. Listeners, if you've had anything come to mind or maybe a relationship where you're like, man, I want to up my respect in that relationship or or something that take action on it, take action on whatever has come to mind. And I promise God will help you as you take action, but also you will find greater connection on the other side. You will find greater love, greater compassion and greater healing for yourself as you have courage in taking action on any, any thought or insight or invitation that you have felt today. Thank you so much, Rachel. I am so grateful for this conversation. I think it's such a beautiful one because it felt so much different than boundary conversations of the past. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, I hope, I mean, it was a good reminder for me (laughs) for myself and my own life. Yeah. Yeah, I can think of a couple of things. I'm like, I'm going to be taking action differently (laughs) moving forward. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh, so agree. Well, thank you so much. If this podcast has helped or inspired you, please take a moment and rate and review us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and share this episode with someone you love. Use the link in the show notes if you have a question you would love to have answered in our Ask a Therapist series. If you or someone you know is done trying to quit porn and change on their own, Relay is for you. 
Use the link in our show notes to download the app and go listen to the previous episode where Chandler shares his story and all about Relay, an app designed to help you change with the support you need. Thank you for listening to Breaking the Silence by Reach 10. Break the silence and help us create a culture of courage and compassion by sharing what you learned today with someone you love. Help us reach more people by rating and reviewing us on iTunes or liking and leaving a comment on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Reach 10 is a nonprofit. You can help support this podcast by donating on our website and following us on social media. We share these views to open the dialogue and educate on these tough issues and to create a healthier culture of sexuality. The opinions and views shared by the host or guests do not constitute as professional advice or services and do not necessarily reflect the views of Reach 10. We do not guarantee the accuracy of any statements you hear. Reach 10 is not responsible for your use of information heard in this podcast. We keep learning and invite you to join us as we build a more open, compassionate, and courageous culture. Keep breaking the silence.